G'day everyone, trying a little different setup today so I can hope you can hear me clearly and in case you can't see in the background, I'm racing the rain. It's a big storm rolling in over the sea and I hope to get this done and dusted by the time uh, the heavens open on my head. Today we're in the third week of the Holy Spirit and I want to play with an idea today about what's normal and not normal. When I was at college, I studying social work I majored in psychology. One of my first lectures in psychology, they asked the question, what is normal? What do you think normal is? Have a bit of a think about it as I, as I share some, some things. Their, um, their official answer or definition of what normal is, is based on the fact of um, it's within the range of acceptable behavior. It sort of sits in this range so normal isn't just a particular um, action but it sits in the range of what's acceptable now interesting story about this the other day uh, Hamish had a playgroup catch-up and with a lot of other parents and kids and they were all mums there but it was um, last Tuesday so I had my day off um, and went along with him and we were watching, I was watching him do this, and he, he climbed up the playground like every other kid. It was quite normal for him to do that. And then he got to the top of the playground where the fireman's pole is, and he, he yelled out at me, Dad. And, and we all looked. So I looked, and the other mums looked. And, um, and they said, oh, isn't that, isn't that lovely? He's calling out to you to watch him go down the pole. And I said, no, 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 that's, that's what you think's normal. Watch what he's going to do. And I said, go on then. And he proceeded to leap off of the top of the platform, which was a good 10 foot, and, and nail the landing. It was like a 10 point landing, and he nails the landing. And the parents are like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, well, that's normal, isn't it? Like, that's just the way he does things. That's the way we do things. We want to give him that freedom to do those things. But their sense of normal was very different to my sense of normal. And normal's interesting like that, isn't it? What you consider normal, I might consider abnormal. And what I consider normal, you might consider abnormal. For example, the drilling that you may be able to hear in the background is very abnormal. But it might be normal for Burley. It's just, just a little bit annoying. Should we try this? I think this might be um, even more short-lived. You can hear me over the surf. But Zari um, drawing a picture of intricate um, detail and color and vibrancy um, that she has then to show off and, and tell people about is normal for a little girl to do. However, when she then transposes that with permanent text onto the wall, not so normal. Not so normal. For some families, that is normal. Not for my family. <laughs> oh no, not for my family. Some people find it normal to harbor bitterness or resentment or a grudge against others they hold on to it really really tightly they they seek to to find revenge or steer clear of other people and for them it's completely normal in fact for a lot of Australian society it's completely normal but that's not normal for me it shouldn't be normal for a follower of Jesus that's not the normal that we subscribe to what about hearing the voice of God? I, I feel on a fairly frequent basis that God's Spirit impresses things upon me. 
and and I and I find like now that's it's quite normal, but for some people that's completely abnormal. It's very unnormal for that to happen. So that's what today is about. It's about discovering God's normal and seeing if our normal is the same as God's normal. I'm not convinced it is or it will be. I think our version of normal can stray a long way from what God's version of normal is, but God's version of normal is determined by what the Holy Spirit does and the, and the decisions the Holy Spirit makes and the actions the Holy Spirit takes. That's what God's normal is that we're welcomed into so it can become our normal. But is it our normal? Or is our normal sort of fallen away from what God's intended plan was? We read in Genesis 1 that we were made in God's image. We made in God's likeness. The normalness of God, the things that were normal to God, he planted into us. He gave us. And then when we, when you find and you trust in Jesus Christ, when you accept what he has done for you and you invite and welcome the Holy Spirit into your life, you are, you are filled with a, um, a sense of, uh, of awe and wonder and, and, and the very being of God. You, you are anything but normal. You are welcomed into the normal of God. And gradually as you begin to become accustomed to the Spirit and how the Spirit moves and what the Spirit does, your normal looks different. Your normal looks closer to God's normal than your previous normal did. Are you tracking along? When we get in rhythm, in step with the Holy Spirit, like what we talked about last week, we begin to discover God's normal, we begin to be welcomed in to God's normal and find a, a comfort and a strength in God's normal. So let me give you some examples of what that looks like. What does God's normal look like? And I think one of the key things about it is that God, God doesn't take away our fear. Fear is a healthy thing. God doesn't take away our fear. But, but when it is necessary, he places his spirit in us, which is greater than that fear. So we might overcome that fear by trusting in God. Right, so the normal thing is to be fearful of, I don't know, let's say, um, praying for someone on the street. The normal people don't do that. But God's normal is to do that, and so God places His Spirit in us that when that opportunity presents itself, we might step into that space because what's in us is greater than the fear that is around us. We are emboldened um, and, and enabled to live God's normal rather than, than our normal or a cultural normal. Stephen in the early church uh, experienced this. He experienced God's normal and became accustomed to God's normal. He was one of the first to be martyred in the early church. In Acts chapter 7 verse 55, it says, But Stephen, who was full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven. He saw God's glory and Jesus standing at the right side of God. Now, this had happened after he'd ventured out to tell the Jewish leaders that Jesus, that they knew, who they just uh, assassinated, was actually the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the, the appointed one, the one they had waited for. And he starts to preach this. And they threaten to stone him, and they threaten to kill him, and then they put him in this predicament. And, they, and, and he looks up and he sees God right there. That's not, that's not normal, folks. That's God's normal. But that's not a worldly normal, is it? And, and they, they kept on stoning. This is in verse 59. They kept on stoning Stephen as he called out to the Lord, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's not normal, is it? 
normal is to be completely overrun by fear to run away from those circumstances not to welcome them not to embrace them but when when God's Spirit lives in us something greater than the circumstances we face lives in us and determines who we are and how we live and how we are in that space and that's the beauty of the rhythms of God allowing us to become part of God's normal and not our normal another example is that the God's Spirit when put in us becomes the conduit for making us feel very uncomfortable and God's normal is the human uncomfortableness the things we get uncomfortable that God finds very normal loving strangers it's uncomfortable right God finds it very normal forgiving people that is uncomfortable but God finds it very normal um, being generous and giving out of the little that we have it, it, that, that can be uncomfortable but it's God's normal going to church can at times be uncomfortable or not or not fit <laughs> but it's God's normal praying to God reading the scriptures all the things that the heart of God calls us to be a part of are normal for God but can be very uncomfortable for us and when we accept the spirit when the spirit lives in us it calls us toward the uncomfortable because it knows as we embrace the uncomfortable as those things become normal to us our lives are accommodating the normalness of God and the abnormality of this world it's a beautiful thing that we're welcomed into let me give you an example from scripture about how this works out in, in, in Acts chapter 9 there's this guy who we, we don't see much of at all it's kind of a flash in the pan just a glimpse of him but when he when he comes um, I imagine he was just chilling out at home he was doing whatever he was doing and God sort of invades his normality with something completely bizarre and strange and he says I want you to go to this this house on straight street and I'm gonna deliver to that house a guy who you may know his name is Saul um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, he's the one that's been killing all those Christians and arresting them and he's the most feared person in in all of Jerusalem yep that's the guy yep I'm gonna bring him to you and you're gonna pray for him because I've done a miraculous work in his heart Ananias would be like are you insane are you crazy that's completely ridiculous God do you not realize how uncomfortable that makes me gosh it must have made him uncomfortable in every way and yet he'd signed up to follow the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit led him into what was normal for God and not normal for him and see miracles miraculous things they're normal for God they're not normal for others and so he relents and he goes to the house on Straight Street, Acts 9, 17. So Ananias went, he entered the house where Saul was. He placed his hands on him. Brother Saul, he said, the Lord has sent me, Jesus himself, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. He sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. What? I mean, Ananias' faith was one of the foundation blocks of the transformation in Paul and Paul set up the early church you and I we are believers if you are a believer we are believers because of Ananias's faith among other things isn't that incredible what a legacy God called him to be part of join my join what may not be normal to you and what may seem very uncomfortable but I've put a spirit in you that doesn't want to reside in the comfortable it wants to draw you 
to this exciting adventure to be part of these things and be part of people's eternities uh, long after you are gone is, is that the space that you're in have you been part of people's eternities have you been part of seeing them come to know jesus and come to find faith and and grace and peace and love in jesus because of the way that you've just lived your life i think another example is that the holy spirit always leads the obedient toward the lost you will always when you're led by the holy spirit be led toward the lost but your, your heart will be changed toward them your circumstances will you will change your life you will um, allow the spirit to change your heart and your in internal so that your your love and your care for the lost will be increased so that you'll be around people who don't know jesus more and more so you'll just be able to show them how much god loves them by the way you are god will do that more and more and more in your life if you're obedient to him we, we see that in the life of philip philip was like this incredible evangelist he's walking along the road one day um, near jerusalem and uh, and uh, this big carriage pulls up beside and in the carriage is an ethiopian eunuch who is secretary to the queen of ethiopia he is like royalty and and philip sees this opportunity and moves closer and closer and hears that he can help um interpret what the scriptures are saying and so he involves himself in that situation and he ends up sharing his faith helping make it all sense to the ethiopian and then baptizing him right there see the holy spirit in him is moving him away from his normal and toward the lost the Holy Spirit will move you from your normal to your to the lost. And if that's not taking place in your life, you, you have to ask the question, how much permission have I given the Spirit in my life? How much freedom have I given the Holy Spirit to have in my life if I'm not drawn and compelled to move more toward those who are just in desperate need of what Jesus can bring them? And then the final part, which I, I'm not sure I've ever heard this preached, ever. I don't think it's heresy. We'll see, won't we? I'll get some emails in a week or two. <laughs> the Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. We talk about God's love a lot. We talk about Jesus' love a lot. But I've just been struck this week that that all the things the Holy Spirit gives you and does for you and pours into you, the Holy Spirit is deeply in love with you. Loves you beyond what you can possibly fathom and measure. And I know this because Scripture kind of bleeds with it. What sort of person would come to us and help us in such a way and call us and gift us and bless us and help us and be there for us if they were void of love? Of course the Holy Spirit is full of love. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love extended to us. The Holy Spirit loves you, deeply loves you, and has bestowed these things in you because of the Holy Spirit's love for you and for others through you. It's not this transaction or a burden we bear. It's the Spirit of God loves you so deeply and just wants to pour these things into your life so that you may then, then just usher them and bring them to others. In Acts 13, verse 2, it says, While they were serving the Lord, that's the disciples, and they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to do the work for which I have called them. I think as, as a parent, you invite your kids to do tasks and jobs. You create opportunities for them to step into. You enable them and prepare them to do that. Not so they get a job done <laughs> that you need doing. 
because you know you could do the job better and faster. But you actually do it because you love them and you want to help them develop into the people that you know that he can be. The Holy Spirit is no different. He called and he chose Barnabas and Saul because he loved them deeply. He called and he has chosen you because he loves you deeply. He is preparing you for the things he has in store for you out of his deep, passionate love for you. And so right now, I just, as we wrap things up, and we, and we consider, whose normal do we want? Do we want our normal and the world's normal and the culture's normal? Or do we want to risk more of God's normal that may seem abnormal to everything and everyone else? Do we want to risk risk God's normal? As we, as we ponder that, the discerning and defining factor about which direction we go is whether we believe God actually loves us, whether we believe the Holy Spirit loves us. Because if the Holy Spirit loves you, and you are convinced of that, you can trust the Holy Spirit. Things that might freak you out, you might be fearful of, that you might run away, that you might not pay attention to the passages or the scripture or reading or people talking about or sermons on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you, wants what's best for you, cares deeply for you. So we're now gonna just spend some time allowing God to convince us of the Holy Spirit's love that we may feel right now as, as you sit there you might feel and experience the Holy Spirit's love so let's just take a moment and just in silent silence and then I, I want to I want to pray for you Holy Spirit I know you love us deeply and I, I so desperately want every person watching this to be touched by your love to have their eyes opened of your love to feel the quickening in their spirit of your love. To have their minds changed about your love. To encounter your Holy Spirit right now as they sit watching this. Thing. That the shift and the change. That the, the things you want to do in their life. Become real and full and whole because of your deep love for them Lord. So Lord God. Convince them of this now and keep on convincing them. Lord. Lord, I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you for how much you love me and what you've called me to. I thank you for how much you love people watching this and what you've called them to. May you convince them more and more this week of that beautiful, divine, and wonderful love. And everybody agreed and said, Amen.